Welcome to The Antique Show. We talk antiques, collectibles and art and all the news and events from Australia and around the globe. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Oh, he has the voice of angels. Welcome to The Antique Show. This is a special edition called Discover. We're going to take one subject, one artist, one piece of porcelain, pottery, jewellery, whatever it might be, And we're going to dive deep into this in a three to five minute journey of discovery into that special piece. So join us for Discover. Prepare yourself. Okay, let's go. Beautifully contoured chairs on thin splayed legs. One of the icons of the Australian mid-century movements was designed by a man who changed the face of Australian furniture design. Grant Featherston was born in Geelong, Victoria in 1927 and graduated from the Geelong Technical School, but for the most part, he was a self-taught furniture and glass designer and did not start designing furniture until after 1947 when he served in the Second World War. Featherston's first release was his Relaxation series and this was well received by the Australian public and he soon became a household name. The Relaxation Chair... The main piece in his collection was an aesthetically beautiful yet simply designed plywood basin legs with interwoven webbing. So beautiful was the design that it was endorsed by friend and renowned Australian architect Robin Boyd. Then in 1951, Featherston released the iconic Contour series and by far my favourite. It was a line of chairs and furniture for what he was best known for. The chairs were made primarily of contoured plywood and designed to fit the body and the shape of the person sitting and were featured slim splayed legs with a distinctive button detailed upholstery in natural fabrics. Featherson also produced the oboe chair and designed the occasional one-off and prototype pieces including the cord chair which is now part of the NGV. He worked for a metal frame furniture company called Aristoc and that's where he met Mary Curry an RMIT interior design graduate. Now, Mary started working with Grant and eventually collaborated on furniture designs as well as interiors, exhibits and graphics, including fitting out the NGV between 1966 and 1968. So why are they collectible? There's an interesting part. Now, what I find interesting is to pose why Featherston has gained so much popularity in the last 15 years. And I, I pause there for a moment. You know, his designs have gained so much popularity. But is it new generation rediscovering what the baby boomers already knew? Or is it a resurgence in the mid-century modern? Or is it a combination of the two? Did Featherston ever go out of flavour? I don't think so. I think the collectors of mid-century modern, before it became a populous collectible, already knew about Featherston, already had Featherston in their collections. They were already picking Featherstons up from the side of the road or from the dumps or wherever they were in the op shops for $10, 15 $20 because the populace didn't know about them. So for me, I think it's really that, that resurgence in interest in mid-century has brought up you know, the Fred Lowens, the, uh, the, the companies like Aristoc and, and even you know, T.H. Brown, and certainly Featherston Designs, have really brought them to the fore. The unfortunate part of that, and this is the yin and the yang side of it, is that there are a lot of reproductions now coming out, and, and I'm mixed with reproductions. I 
I think they have their place in some way. Um, should furniture be mass produced where it would never was before? So Featherstones were never mass produced. Um, they were, you know, handcrafted, simply handcrafted. They were essentially pressed plywood. The Contour series was utilising, you know, recent and current changes in technology where able to steam press plywood. Is this something that should continue as far as reproducing something that's never been reproduced before? Should should the general populace have access to this type of thing? Should we be limiting the value or maybe you know stemming the value of, of Featherstones because now they're eight ninety five for an online store as opposed to three or four thousand? Not really for me to suggest, other than I'm a purist at heart. And so reproductions really never have their place. My fear owning an auction room moving forward is that in 20 or 30 years time will we be getting those reproductions passed off as originals potentially yes we are and for those who are not wise enough they you could potentially be buying you know a bad buy in the future anyway that's all crystal ball stuff what i do like is that either way featherston designs are now very identifiable um, to the everyday consumer and so they'll live on now as, uh, as a general populace understood a known value. Now, talking of values, a segue into there, I want to give you some numbers. Uh, the R152, and you're going to have to Google what R152 is. There's no point in me trying to explain that um, audit on audio. Um, but they're worth around about two to $3,000. We sold a B210, awesome design, as well for $3,000 to $6,000. That, that's the value of them. But there was an original relaxation chair made by Gordon Mather, and I've seen that retailing for $3,800 and the R160 for $5,000. Now, if you haven't come across Featherstone's before, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Featherstone Contour Chair. Google Featherstone R152. Go to the NGV. Go to the SA Gallery, I believe, also has some there. The, the NGV's got an awesome mid-century section. Have a look for Featherstone Design Furniture. There's a fabulous book out at the moment, which is literally simply called Featherstone, which has all of his designs, the history, the background, a very awesome read. They are very limited edition, so I'm not sure how many of those are left, but look those up as well. So Grant Featherstone, grandfather of mid-century modern furniture. <laughs>